What's up, everybody? Welcome back inside the Woody Hayes Athletic Center for another practice report presented by Byers Auto, one of the bigger practice support teams, Tim, that we've done all year as the 40-year vet Tim May. I forgot to introduce him, myself, Spencer Holbrook. Uh, we're here inside the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. It's Penn State week, as you can see. And of course, Marvin Harrison Jr. is behind us hitting the jugs machine because what else would he be doing? Right. That's all he does. Hey, hey um, I'm looking forward to Marvin Harrison Jr. versus Joey Porter. It's going to be an interesting matchup, man. Ryan Day talked about that a little bit. Jim Knowles talked about it a lot a bit, if that's even a thing that I'm allowed to say on a professional uh, show. And, of course, Kevin Wilson talked about it. Those are the three we talked to. Uh, a lot of a lot of ground to cover here, Tim. It's one of the bigger shows, like I said, that we've done just because of the magnitude of this matchup. Uh, Ohio State heading to Happy Valley for a noon showdown against Penn State on Saturday. We'll be there. Uh, we'll yep. have full coverage of it today, tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, up until Saturday. Uh, and then after that, of course, but back to Tuesday, Tim, the Ryan Day press conference. What'd you learn as we sit, as we sat there for a good part of an hour and a half and listened to those three uh, bright football minds talk about Penn State? Well, what we learned that he reasserted was the fact that, in fact, Jackson Smith and Jigbo was on a pitch count. Jackson Smith and Jigbo was not, was not pulled from the game because of any type of re-injury or an injury in a new spot. Uh, I think that's important to keep in mind because, of course, uh, rumors uh, float through here like the, well, I was going to say like the mighty Mississippi, but the mighty Mississippi isn't really mighty right now. We'll get into that uh, in some other podcast. But bottom line is okay. they flow, flow through here like a big-time river. And, uh, you know, from based on what he said, it looks like Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be available again this week, barring any kind of malady in, in practice. So that's the, the most important thing you put together from what you heard. Uh, that uh, uh, then, then past that, you know, Chip Trangham clearly has made that move back to into the looks like back into the running backs room because you know um, uh, IA I call him uh, or EA I call him uh, Paleo uh, Neoteote has really come on in the in the linebackers room and they've got other guys stepping up including Taraja Mitchell looks like he's going to be back this week uh, but they really need to shore up that running back room again because of, of uh, what uh, TC Caffey going down with with a, a season ending injury uh, which was revealed today um, and then, of course, you've got Mayan Williams and Trevion Henderson sitting there, whatever order you want to put them in the game, along with Dallin Hayden. But they need that fourth. And, you know, you saw Chip Trainum uh, has been contributing any, any way he can, including on special teams. So that was interesting just from a injury news uh, uh, Another update, one. so to speak. Another one is Cameron Brown, who yeah. Ryan Day did say he just that is not a long-term issue at all. Um, didn't really say if they expect him back this week, but to know that that he will be back is welcome news for Ohio State as they continue to work Jordan Hancock into the fold. Uh, and you know they they well, get. I thought Jordan Hancock ran well on Saturday. We talked about that on our Monday after. I was very impressed by the way he came back from the, from his long-term hamstring situation. And maybe one of the keys there was it was took so long from when he injured it to, to when he came back. But no, you're exactly right. I mean, the uh, the cornerback situation has continues to be a little bit of a revolving door, but it looks like Denzel Burke is stuck in it now. That's good. He's getting better yeah. with each game and, as well. And Hancock was going to be in, I think you and I agree on this, he was going to be in contention for a starting job if he hadn't gotten hurt in the preseason camp. You agree with that, right? Absolutely. J.K. Johnson played well on Saturday, in my opinion. Go ahead. I think it's kind of telling, Tim, and this is not a slight at J.K. Johnson at all, but it's, it is a little telling that uh, Ohio State has had J.K. Johnson all year, and he and Jordan Hancock kind of played the same amount of snaps on J Jordan Hancock's first time back. That, you know, maybe there is a little bit of separation there between 
Jordan and J.K. Maybe we'll maybe I'm reading we'll something into field. nothing. Yeah, we'll see it on but, the field. Yeah, exactly. I mean, J.K.'s uh, his, he's been good. Yeah, he's been good, and uh, he's got reps on, on for sure. Hancock right now, yeah. quality game reps, and uh, we'll see how that goes. But that you've got you know cornerback modern football, you've got to have that pair and a spare, man. And uh, I think they feel like they've got a pretty good pair and a spare going into the basically the last five games of the regular season. They they need to feel good about the cornerback position because of the opponent this week. Sean Clifford has a adjusted completion percentage of over 70%, which is a really good number. Um, his average depth of target, which is you know where he's throwing the ball, is I think 9 or 10 yards. So he's throwing the ball down the field well. And he has receivers, Mitchell Tinsley. He has Parker Washington. He has a couple guys there. That, that you can really start to count on if you're Penn State. Well, Ohio State's going to have to be good in that secondary this week. Uh, they're going to be challenged. And uh, maybe that's a little bit of an underrated storyline, but let's bring that to light because I do think this is going to be a challenge for the Ohio State defense to, you know, be able to defend those guys. And so when we talk to Jim Knowles, uh, who still has some tricks up his sleeve a little bit that hasn't, haven't been shown because of all the blowouts, you talk to Ryan Day about the challenges this Penn State team. They understand that Penn State is going to give them some issues if they're not on their game yeah. uh, on Saturday. So I, I think that's really interesting. And uh, then the flip of that is, like I've got uh, Dave Jones of PennLive.com on my podcast this week. Give it a listen. And uh, we discussed this too. Uh, this is a this is a Penn State offensive line that maybe is up to snuff as some of the some of the ones you've seen in the recent past. Uh, they've had some problems occasionally on protection. Uh, they've had a couple problems, you know, at Michigan they had problems running the ball. Uh, those two running backs have really come on big time for them. But uh, that's, you know, the last, that's kind of been a theme for this Ohio State defensive front is going against, uh, to a certain extent, offensive lines that are still in development, in some form of development. Uh, last week was against Iowa. You could see it. I mean, mm -hmm. we talk, I talked about it uh, in the week leading up to it. Against Wisconsin, you could see it. Against Michigan State, you could see it. Yep. And so I expect this front – I'm going to call it a front six, although they played some front seven a lot against Iowa the other day with three linebackers in the game and four defensive linemen. That was interesting to watch. Uh, but uh, I expect them to get after it again on that defensive front just based on uh, what I'm hearing about uh, Penn State's offensive line. Yeah, and then on the flip side of that, Timmy, you've got the Ohio State offensive line. Didn't do a great job Saturday nope. by any stretch uh, against that Iowa defense as far as trying to run the ball didn't uh, really establish the ground game the way Ohio State wants to on a consistent basis. That's going to be something that I'm sure they will try to set the tone with. You know, you, you doubt Ryan Day in, in one way and he's gonna try to do that thing. You know, you, you see what Michigan did to this Penn State run defense. You see what Ohio State can be in the running game if they're on everything. That's an area where I would expect Ohio State to try to excel this week. I, I would Absolutely. expect a bounce back effort from the Buckeyes because, you know, th they've now been challenged. That there wasn't a lot of challenge in trying to run the ball those first few games of the season. They've now been challenged. They, they didn't look very good, and you know we're just being honest here. Didn't look very good in the running game. Now can you do it against Penn State when you should be able to do it against Penn State? That's, well, that's going to be something that Ohio State, I'm sure, tries to do. That's the interesting matchup here is because this isn't bulletin board material. Uh, Penn State's not the same defensive front you've seen uh, there um, just you know over the eons. Uh, that's also a development yeah, group. It's kind of a smallish group, but it's more of a, uh, a development group right now. And I would say going into this game, Ohio State has a slight advantage offensive line against their defensive line, and then vice versa, Ohio State's defensive line or defensive front against their offensive front. That's where this game is really going to get determined. If in fact, 
you can get a couple three scores and quiet the crowd a little bit because there's gonna be a huge crowd there. It's middle of the day, high noon, but everybody makes a difference between high noon and, and white out night, white out the night situations. You know, if Penn State gets rolling, if they get a couple things going, it doesn't matter. They can play that game at 8 a.m. in the morning uh, as opposed to 8 a.m. at night. If they can play that game at 8 a.m., it would still be an imposing crowd situation. But I think Ohio State, just looking at this game here early in the week, has advantages on in both trenches, both of the trenches as you size them up. And I think they will try to get that running game on, on track. I mean, we saw what Michigan did to that Penn State defensive front. Penn State's defensive back backfield could start. You could you could take that group and put them on anybody else's defense in the Big Ten and feel really good about it. Yeah, I mean it's a talented group, talented safety. Joey Porter. I mean, you know, I was talking about him earlier, but uh, just right on down the line, there are other corners really good, as Kevin Wilson pointed out when I talked to him about uh, Porter. Yeah. So what you do is, you you know, you attack it where it's a least weak, and then go for your shots. Uh, from the passing game. So it was kind of a flip side of what we saw on Saturday against Iowa because Iowa was really good in the front seven. That's a really good defense. They beat Ohio State to the punch a lot, when, especially like was, we're asked about, uh, Kevin Wilson was asked about this and Ryan Day when they tried to run some of the wide zone, uh, wide stuff, uh, Iowa just stepped right up through, this, through, this, through the uh, gaps and got to the running back. Uh, they got a little shallow in their thing because now you're getting a little petrified. But I was really good at recognizing what was coming and then mully gully in the, uh, the, the map there. And uh, we'll see if, in fact, uh, they can clear the road a little bit better against Penn State. Mully gullying. I think that's a first. I was just looking for something there, and that's what I was actually the word I was looking for was muddle. I think that's a first on the practice report presented by Byers Auto uh, as far well, as words gully, go. Though, that's an actual phrase. I just didn't use it correctly. <laughs> I've never heard that before, but I guess I'll have to look it up after the show, Tim. Uh, if you mix the film of, yeah, mix oh. it up, Tim, the yeah. film of <clears throat> Penn State, Michigan, Michigan's running game, and you put that on the tape for Ryan Day to watch and dissect. And then you give them the challenge after watching what they didn't do against Iowa, Ohio State is. And you put those two together, Michigan versus Penn State, and then Ohio State versus Iowa. Not only do you get to challenge the Ohio State offensive line to be better, then you show them what can happen if you block up front pretty well against this Penn State front. You're going to see Ohio State run the ball. I'm not going to be surprised at all to see that. Uh, you know, a crisp autumn day in the in the Pennsylvania hills. It's the going valley. to it's in the valley. In the valley. valley. Yeah, yeah, in the valley, the happiest yeah. of valleys. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see Ryan Day's offensive philosophy. Got into a little bit of play calling with Ryan Day. I, I learned a lot. I don't know if it's stuff that, you know, you really can put the quotes and write stories around just because like it, it's really just like here learn all this information uh, but if you want to go back it's on lettermanrow.com it's on our YouTube channel the live stream with Ryan Day yeah a lot of interesting stuff from him and Kevin Wilson about layering play calls and, and getting things right and, and having the right call for whatever uh, I learned a lot today just about football but here's as much as I did yeah. about Penn State. But see, what they're working with, what Ohio State's working with, what we brought up on the Monday after, yeah, you're concerned that you didn't run the ball <clears throat> better, you know, just on average yards per play. 2.2. Exactly. You're definitely concerned about that coming out of that game. But see, you, the thing about an Ohio State is it has this other factor, which is its passing game. Mm -hmm. And you can sell out too much. You can put guys – have give guys too much responsibility in the defensive side of the on the defensive side of the field, uh, and then pay for it. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about, and that's what Iowa did. Iowa paid for it. <clears throat> I came out of that game 
like I told you, I came in that game with probably as much or more respect for Iowa's defense than I went in going than I did going in. And Ohio State scored 47 points against that defense. Four, 12 of those points came on field goals, just one more more field goal, like we said, and they've scored 60. You know, counting Tommy Eichenberg's ridiculous uh, uh, pick six uh, from linebacker. My point is, uh, you do a lot of things because you, you you literally need to to keep the other deep to keep the defense honest. But this team on a heartbeat, you saw them just in that third quarter, bang bang touchdown with the with the passing game. Uh, that's what this offense brings to bear for any defense, and eventually they're going to find that play or plays that click it off. But you know, you like like Kevin Wilson was talking about. You don't even script things anymore because. For example, in the first half, they had such ridiculous great field position and couldn't exploit it from a touchdown standpoint. And that if you had if you had scripted uh, starting starting drives at like the 25 yard line every time, you know, just this is what we're going to do. And the reason you script plays, it's not just to get everybody involved. It's also to see how the defense reacts to this. All right, this formation. What are they doing? How are they reacting to this formation? I mean, Bill Bill Walsh did that with the uh, San Francisco 49ers a long time ago under Joe Montana. And after like the first 12 plays, they had a they had a sense of how teams were going to line up against them when they threw this out on the field or that on the field. Well, now Ohio State has so many formations, yeah. so many tricks out of those formations. Tricks, I mean, they can do this one time and that the other time out of the same formation. Uh, it's pretty much go out there and run plays and see if you. See if you get yardage or yeah. not. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You're not just pulling them out of a hat. You, you're watching what they're, who's they're substituting on defense. How they are is, is somebody beating your left guard. I mean, that first uh, that that sack that uh, uh, C.J. Stroud absorbed. They ran a little twist. Uh, the 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 defensive tackle, defensive end, and it was a simple twist. The the uh, defensive tackle just came right across Donovan Jackson's nose and took him basically to Paris Johnson Jr., who then picked him up. And the, the end just came around, huge hole. I mean, that was film a, study, folks. Yeah, but right but, here. It, but it but but the point is, it was like just a little miscommunication or mis uh, uh, misconcept, I guess, more than anything else, by pretty much Donovan Jackson. The, yeah. the pass off wasn't there, uh, like you would thought it like you thought it would be with these guys this deep in the year. And of course, you learn from that and you move on. Yeah, Tim. I also thought it was really interesting that against but that Mich- was a touchdown for the other team. Yeah, that's not going to happen too often. Uh, that, that, you don't see C.J. Stroud fumble when he gets hit very often, but but you saw it there. Yeah, but that was a perfect yeah. like moment. I thought it was interesting, Tim, that against Michigan State, Ohio State came out and did a bunch of orbit motion. They motioned a lot of guys out. I said it was kind of Gus Malzahnian uh, from that Auburn playbook. Just they trying were, to get a hint, man. You're they trying were, to get a hint. What are they doing? They were doing all of those orbit motions, motion everywhere, running backs going out of the backfield. And then against Iowa, you saw absolutely none of that. Yeah. Uh, so now that gives Penn State, well, are they going to do that? Are they going to do this? Are they going to do what they did against Wisconsin? Rutgers? I don't really know. A lot for Penn State to think about, a lot for Tim and I to talk about as we wrap up things on the practice report presented by Byers Auto. That's the 40-year vet, Tim May. I am Spencer Holbrook. Come, t- come hang out with us on the message board, the Letterman Lounge. $1 for an entire year. Hell of a deal there, Tim. Yes. Uh, you can get all of Tim's content, all of my content, Matt Parker in the recruiting department, photography. Uh, we're having a good time over there, folks. And then make sure to also hit the bell underneath for notifications every time we produce one of these lovely videos from the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. Again, Tim. Spencer, practice report. Wait a minute. I don't think you can even get some from the dollar store now for a dollar. I mean, it's a dollar twenty-five. Exactly. That's how good a bargain this is. Go ahead now. Good point, Tim.
But that's where we end things. Tim, Spencer, Practice Report, Buyers Auto, thanks for watching, thanks for listening. We'll see you back in this same building on Wednesday night for more Buckeyes coverage where we do it all year round.